You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, what's up, Jeremiah? Oh, man. I've been, uh, we've been stalling, killing time here because somebody was late to the party. Chase? That would be Chase. I don't know what you're talking about. I was here before you were. I, I do want to point out one thing really quick. The three co-hosts are wearing plot again. We are. I'm in my, my green check shirt. I've been losing all this weight, and this is in the back of the closet. <laughs> and I put it on, and I went, oh, my God, I've already missed my window with it because it's falling off of me. <laughs> Why didn't I good. get the memo? <sighs> well, you, it, real fans of the show, Betsy. Betsy Mills is with us, and uh, she's running for county council. Uh, we've had fans show up that wear the plaid. They're like, they have these, these establishment Republicans that have been elected to office. <laughs> they have big staffs, and they're like, by the way, you need to wear plaid to the show or wear some flannel because uh, that's what the people do on the show. It's okay. I, I need to hire more staff. Yeah. Uh, okay, eventually. Betsy, I don't watch the show either. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the show. So yeah. our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics. We promise that our f- episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. As you can tell, we don't have much of a script. We've already run off of it three or four times before we even got through the introductions. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks that we just find interesting. Today, we are continuing our local candidate series, and you heard her voice a minute ago. It's Betsy Mills. We're glad to have you here, Betsy. Hey, thanks for having me. It's honored to be here. An honor is a stretch, but we're glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you are running for the county council in western Henry County uh, over Middletown, Shirley, Greensboro, I guess, Knightstown. Sulphur Springs. Sulphur Springs. Caddis, yeah. Caddis. You live over in the Sulphur Springs area, I'd imagine. Yeah, I live uh, due north of Sulphur um, on 950 North, uh, between two and 300 West. We don't want to get you any stalkers. We don't give away specifics. Oh, public. Yeah. <laughs> we just well, put here that it's north of Q Avenue. Exactly, yeah. We're, we're a mystery location. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want throngs of people outside protesting us over, you know. <laughs> we don't want, to, we want, don't want all the doughboy people outside just, you know, telling us what they want. They're pretty scary. <laughs> going to turn Chase up just a touch here. Jeremiah's still trying to get used to the new mics. We are, He's been protesting them this entire time. He hates them. I It's just, I don't like change, man. Vehemently opposed to the new microphones. Vehemently? Vehemently. Vehemently. What's the answer? You, you, you're, you're a college professor, Betsy. What's the, what's the word? Vehemently. Yeah, vehemently. Vehemently? Yeah. You're closer. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's got a lot of syllables. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Many syllables. <laughs> All right. So we are a somewhat semi-professional podcast now, Dakota. Are we? We have a Patreon. People That's are correct. paying real money to pay for this thing. That's right. And yeah. we are ridiculously thankful for them. Oh, my goodness. We're, We're so thankful. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog Liberty. Yep. I got to record a second episode this week with my wife about conspiracy theories. It's called Tinfoil Time. Uh, we break everything down. We do all the research so you don't have to. So now, everybody who subscribes to the, uh, and I just mumbled that, subscribes to the Patreon account can uh, 
sounds smarter with uh, Henry County and uh, District 6 uh, politics as well as their knowledge on conspiracy theories. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I think we did a pretty good job. We got pr- some pretty good feedback on it. So in this uh, in this week, we've received uh, pledges, I guess they are, Patreon supporters. We have 11 pledges. We're over $200 a month now. Unreal. Nice. So yeah, right out of the box. Like, yep. within three days, we announced this thing on Thursday night last <laughs> week, and within three days it was, hey, Dakota, you need to have a show ready this Tuesday because they have all contributed. That's right. So we got to thank Brantley Spicer, Christy Avery, Rebecca Baker, Paul and Joyce Morrill, Sarah Potter, the lovely Sarah Potter. Yeah. Jamie Joe Owens, Craig DaCosta from Hawaii, Betsy, wow. from Hawaii, and we are using the, we call it the Craig DaCosta camera, because Craig has been an incredible supporter of the show, <laughs> Corey Murphy, Aaron Ewart, Mary Hershey, and Nancy Dietz, so yeah. Nancy I've known for a long, long time through the uh, Henry County Saddle Club, for the first 10, 15 years she knew me, she called me Jonathan, but in spite of that, we're very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nancy was one of the ones that helped me out with, uh, with my horse announcing career. Did a lot of horse uh, horse shows out at the Henry County Saddle Club, so and then it evolved into this glorious podcast that we have now, and that uh, that gave me the the courage to get behind the microphone to yes. uh, to do this podcasting thing. So uh, tinfoil time is in your feeds. If you guys join, uh, you get special access onto the Patreon page, uh, and you can get the special secret link for your RSS if you like to listen just to the podcast. You can get. Uh, Get tinfoil time and any of the other bonus audio that's out there. There's uh, yep. we we got you a little to wet your whistle. There's a little podcast in there of Dakota and I behind the scenes making fun <laughs> of each other and abusing each other, recording our video promo that you see on the YouTube page. Yep, that was pretty. I I re I went back through and re listened to that after you posted it, and I was laughing. Yeah, it, it was very funny. And, and I've then, got, there's more like that. We may toss another one or two yeah. in there. I thought it was really good. And then I cut my finger and had to get five stitches. So. <laughs> <Were> you, <laughs> yeah, Man. so th- this has been a week. You've uh, y- you tried to take your finger off. I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I it thought pretty it, clean. it wasn't your wedding ring finger. It's not like you tried to unmarry yourself. You nope. missed it by a couple fingers. Nope, the, uh, the bone is what stopped it to be a little fun <laughs> fact there. <laughs> it looks good really God. cool. Does it? If I saw you in a bar, do, I wouldn't mess do with I you. Do I look more manly now? Oh, yeah. What you need to do, you like tattoos. You need to go down to the tattoo studio and have them stitch it in. Like, take the stitches and make them a permanent tattoo. There we go. That I way think, it can always look manly. I think instead of your wedding ring, you should get a stitch ring. A stitch ring? Yeah, I think it'd look cool. Would that kind of be like a, bar, a barbed wire armband tattoo? Yeah. Uh, that sounds a little uh, rednecky for me. Hey, you're in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> Barbed wire and roses. You remember that song, Chase? The old country music song. Oh yeah, barbed wire by, and roses. Uh, Billy Ray. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> Billy Ray. He just lies to me. Betsy, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I'm not really a country music aficionado. Yeah, me either, Betsy. Yeah. Barbed wire uh, and roses was by Pin Monkey. Ah, I was yeah. close. Yeah, yeah, very close. Not close. <laughs> it was barbed wire and roses a couple years later. Somebody in the uh, in the Facebook live chat is going to go, "Yeah, I know what you're talking about," but uh, maybe not. It was it's a little bit of a deep cut. Just like Dakota's finger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Betsy, you're from Middletown, and you live in Jefferson Township now. That's right. Over by my boy, Josh Norris. We were talking about that. Yeah. We were killing time because somebody great guy, was running great late. Great love, love him and his family. Mr. Volunteer Fireman. Yeah, he's great. Uh, and Farmer. I, I get so much out of Snap. Do you, are you on Snapchat? I, I have one. I have not posted on it in months. Yeah. Oh, it's the stories. I follow, mm. If you follow Cade Coger or one of our co-hosts or Josh Norris or some of those Farmer folks, Learned so much. You like oh, yeah. they're hauling grain and they're just pissy about life, or it's raining, or you know whatever. It's just it's a fun time. So yeah, that's uh, 
that's the that's how we got to hook up with him. I should recommit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jump back on it. I'm sure there's plenty of votes there. <laughs> Get a deep connection. The millennials with of Henry County are dying to hear from me on Snapchat. I'm sure. <laughs> well. The We Are Libertarians Network and Dakota Davis and Chris Spangle have turned this into the millennials versus the baby boomers over the last couple of months over here. I did that? Yeah, no. I, I'm putting, I'm putting the have, blame on you. No, I have untagged myself out of every <laughs> single one of those Facebook posts that I get tagged in from Chris. He is waging, he's trying to wage an all-out war against the baby boomers. And I'm like, listen, man, that's like 60% of our listenership. Like, we can't do that. We are, Facebook gives us analytics, and we are incredibly popular with the uh, 60-year-old woman of Henry County. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had no idea we were that adorable. Thanks, Grandma. The, <laughs> it's all it's all Chase's grandparents. <laughs> Facebook oh. analytics are incredible. It's crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's all the 17-year-old girls that lie to Facebook and like, oh yes, I'm a six. I was born in 1947 <laughs> in Lebanon, Indiana. That's what it was. Nobody. All the all the people who uh, were were still too young to sign up for Facebook, so they had to fudge their numbers. Yeah, they're getting old now. Now they're all yeah. like twenty seven. <laughs> I think that whenever I was like thirteen or fourteen, and I signed up for Facebook, I told them I was like thirty three. So I'm probably a baby boomer by Facebook standards now. At least Gen <laughs> X. That's a, you're closer to my age. You're 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 graduating class of oh four. I'm That's class right. of class of oh one. And now Facebook all. Uh, Dakota's 22. We go back and we make fun of Dakota's old pictures, and it feels like child abuse because he was like middle school or sixth grade. Oh, we still you. do it, but it's it feels wrong. Yeah, you still make fun of me, but it was st- – yeah, I'm, I wasn't joking when I said 13 or 14. <laughs> yeah, he's a little pudgy Dakota before, before the athlete was born, <laughs> and then he threw away all the sports. <laughs> the uh, athlete, yes. My s- superior athletic body type that I have here. You got on a football field. I never did. Being homeschooled, mm-hmm. there were limited options. <laughs> <laughs> you just wrangled chickens. <laughs> That's a tough job. Hey, I, yeah, it's uh, well, Henry County needs a good yeah. turkey checker, catcher right now. By the way, right? Well, yeah. apparently we have really good duck catchers in Memorial Park. Somebody's been stealing all the ducks. There and I think it is the same people that's behind the disappearance of the doughboy. I'm gonna put that out there now. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go here, but I read on Facebook, citizens of Henry County, that Kim Cronk is having a duck breast dinner for his re-election in 2020. And I don't want to say that he had anything to do with it, but I'm just saying the ducks are missing from the county park. It's in his middle district, and he's having a duck breast fundraiser. So See, I, there, I was at your house last week, and I saw a lot of ducks in your backyard. They're free-range ducks. Ducks can come and go as they want to. Yep. I don't know. They're a triple threat. They can fly. You better be they careful. Walk, they can you, swim. You better be careful with those ducks back there, Jared. Darren Jacobs might be, uh, might be on your case here soon. <laughs> illegal they can, ducks. They can come and go anytime they want. They're they're uh, they're illegal ducks, and they need to be deported. We need a taller wall. <laughs> it's a voluntary. It's a voluntary uh, duck society that you have going on back there. That's right. Yeah, I want to identify as pro duck. You're pro duck. Yeah, pro duck. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. I, make a note of it. What about goose? Do you have a do you have an official goose position? Uh, anti anti aggressive geese. Pro <laughs> chill geese. Who decides how aggressive a goose is? Every Clearly, we need more government to tell us. Well, build the wall. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to get to the the real issues in a minute, but I guess we're going to have to decide how much of the county's money you're going to put up on 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 goose defense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in in the the uh, the notes that the incredible Dakota Davis prepared for us, he has your full high school. I don't know if he called Shenandoah and got your transcripts or how this came down, uh-huh. but it says you graduated graduated fourth in your class and you were a drum major in high school. 
Yeah. Is there anything else we need to know before we make a decision about the uh, about the election? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I've always been really active in school and academically. I was really in, I was really active in band. I played drums, which is different than being a drum major, which I was my senior year. Um, I ran track. Well, I say I ran track. I threw track. I threw shot and disc and track. Um, I was I was captain of the chess team. I did model legislature. I was really active in my church and I was really active in FFA of my uh, junior and senior years. See, Betsy and I have so much in common is what I've discovered uh, through, oh, yeah. this, uh, through this course of things because I was really involved in my high school band. I tried to do a uh, shot put, but I was still way too scrawny then. And Jay, I could, I'm going to stop everything. Chase. Barely go. They're making me feel uncomfortable because they went to a real high school. Are you feeling uncomfortable because well, you didn't go was, to a real high school? I was going <laughs> to say, me and Jer, we finished first in our class. Exactly. So, you guys I should mean, be really proud of that. I am. Class of three. <laughs> <laughs> class counts. of one. Chase is uh, Chase's shout out, shout out to Sean Wade, by the way, who's watching honest, online. Uh, over I cheated in, in, some in of the Dayton. time. <laughs> <laughs> you cheated. Chase had the same teacher from kindergarten to twelfth grade. That is a lie. I had at least three or four teachers, <laughs> but I was related to a couple. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Chase's graduation. There were three people in this class, and the caps and gowns were red, white, and blue collars. Very so patriotic. They, they did a really good job of coordinating that. Do I knew. They, do they only accept three people into the high school yes, for that at reason? A time. I knew the graduation wasn't going to be long, so I gave like an 18-minute speech. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm picture- Were you in like some sort of a small garage? Were there like 14 people in the audience? Oh, How- he was in a church. I was in the church. You yeah. Know? It, it, looked, it looked decent. It didn't look <laughs> awful. I mean, where were you at? I didn't have one. We had an open house and called it good. Oh, see? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just a picnic. My brother, when he graduated, uh, he and uh, I think three other kids that graduated from homeschool at the same time, they rented the Hoosier gym and oh, wow. filled the thing uh, for his. We had an actual like ceremony, and I, print, I printed awesome. his diploma like I was somebody. So That's awesome. My brother's actually, high school diploma I made on the computer. I actually mentioned Dakota in my graduation speech. Did you? Yeah, yeah. my girlfriend at the time was pissed because I didn't mention her at all. <laughs> One of them is still in your life. More important. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Look where it got you. So Betsy, High five for that, yeah. No, how, how's famous. this about you at this point? We've gone off the rails, and I'm very sorry. Hey, what can I tell you? What do you want to know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, you... Betsy plays Skyrim. I did learn that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, She noticed the, the map up there. Um, uh, yeah. Betsy's pretty awesome in my book at this point. Uh, it's we'll early. Have to, yeah, this early into the show. Pretty pretty awesome. You uh, you got involved in uh, your local GOP politics whenever uh, you were in your high school career. Yeah, at the in my senior year, I volunteered for some local candidates, and um, that was the year of my man Mitch, and I I did some volunteering for that. And two thousand and four, yeah, that's right. It was the yeah. first. Uh, he was the first Republican elected governor in like sixteen years around right. here. Right. Yeah, we had O'Bannon and yeah, and Bye and uh, right. Kernan. Yeah, right. A long list of tax raise and Democrats. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and that was fun. And I also participated in the um, speech contest that the Henry County GOP uh, has every year, which is, uh, I think, a phenomenal thing. And it's funny because now I teach communications and I teach public speaking and I, I look back at that yep. and that was one of my first opportunities to... You would owe it all to a young Nate Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit, of time, <laughs> a tiny, tiny bit of credit. There's been a lot yeah. of people along the way that have sort of pushed me in this direction, so... Yeah, you know. As you're playing this political game, it's good to suck up the incumbents, the the power, the power Republicans. That, sure. That, yeah, yeah. Then you ended up still working in Middletown, and you were the you worked third shift to the night shift, which uh, I I commend that because I've had to work night shifts before. It's uh, tough. Yeah, it is tough. Uh, I third shift is really tough, but then uh, I worked second shift for a few weeks, actually about two months, 
and I found out that I'm a very natural second shifter. Yeah. I had so much energy then. But uh, you you worked as the 911 dispatch uh, person for uh, the Middletown uh, Emergency Services. I did, yeah. I got this job uh, after I graduated from high school and before I went to Ball State. And, uh, chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp, baby. Uh could not love Ball State more. Yeah, um, the dispatch supervisor, um, Lavana Robbins, she uh, goes to the Middletown Library a lot, and my mom works there. And I think one day she might have said, hey, does your daughter want a job? And I remember being at my friend's house, and my mom saying, hey, you should be a dispatcher at the police station. And my response was, what on earth are you talking about? And then I <laughs> talked to Lavana and thought, oh, this could be a really good job, and I could do it from Ball State. I could commute back for it. And so for, I think, four or five years, I worked Thursday third and Friday thirds. And that was rough. That was rough. And I had my first semester. I had uh, Friday morning classes, and I <laughs> so I would leave middle. I would leave Middletown, go to campus. I had like three different classes. It was brutal. I never had another Friday class again. <laughs> Being an honor student, you got like privileged scheduling, and that was very lucky for me because I could not pull it off after that first semester. So if somebody called, did you have any like I sixty nine responsibilities right there, or what kind of what what kind of thing would you have as Middletown's nine one one? First of all, nobody could get a cell phone signal in Middletown. I heard that. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, you know, it really ran the gamut. We had uh, there were serious things that happened. You know, we occasionally would have to call lifelines for really bad car accidents. Um, you know, we had a couple murders while I was working there. We had, uh, you know, re- we had really serious things, but we also had a lot of fun things. And oh, Farmer Bob's cows are out again. Give him a call. You know, things like that. <laughs> Pretty the turkey's out again. You know, things that are like very small town and very charming. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of calls that are still. I, I once had a girl call me, uh, and she was she was babysitting. She was probably fourteen or fifteen years old, and she this was a Friday night, and she this was not this was second, so this was maybe nine or ten at night. And she said, "There's a monster with yellow eyes looking into this house that I'm babysitting at, and I'm really nervous." <laughs> oh, and, and she didn't know where she was because she was babysitting at this house. I was like, "All right, go find a piece of mail. Tell me what it says." Sent our officers, a couple of our officers, over who were amused, but also wanted to you know make sure she felt safe. And so they went they went through the house. They double checked, and uh, they, you know, calmed her and said, "Hey, everything's okay." And uh, and then they left. And right as they were leaving, they saw this gigantic owl with bright yellow eyes, like fly at them. And they were like, "Holy cow! That <laughs> oh huge owl!" So you know, funny things like that. It, it I it was lucky that it was a small town. It wasn't like it was Indianapolis or right. something. It wasn't a monster, but owls are still pretty pretty terrifying. I, I once That's saw true. a. Uh, once saw an owl kill an outdoor cat whenever oh we lived gosh. in Dunreath, and it was like, I'm done with owls now. <laughs> they, they, they can turn their heads like completely around. Yeah, uh, it's weird. Owls See, are really weird. I thought you were going to end the story with, and they were never seen again. <laughs> like, that's that's what I was pulling for. Yeah, no, you were pulling for that. That's well, horrible. I mean, or write that down. Chase is. It would have been a cool story. Chase, how are you going to really cool get on the park board if you keep saying stuff like that? <laughs> oh. Hey, I have a plan, but I'll mention that later. <laughs> okay. Well, so you went to... Judging by the uh, the tenure of park board members, just get in line. We, they're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're being churned through very quickly. Dropping like fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to... Uh, you attended Ball State University. I did. Where uh, you mentioned that earlier, and we all chirp chirped for you. That's um, right. My sister goes there now. You uh, got a bachelor's in uh, women's studies. So why did you choose uh, the women's studies degree? Don't you know enough about women being one? You know, you <laughs> you would think so. Um, I had started as a political science major, and I I loved studying politics. And I noticed a lot of our the courses were cross listed with women's studies. And I um, I met some of the faculty. And I thought they were really cool. And I t- you know I took some cross listed classes and just really enjoyed them. And they were. 
you know, women's studies has like such a reputation of, oh, it's so liberal and you're going to be indoctrinated and they hate men and blah, 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 blah. And maybe that is true. That has not been my experience at all and definitely not at Ball State. And I was definitely like the person who came in and was like, capitalism is cool. Let's talk about it. And you know, have, we would have some pretty raging debates. But um, uh, the faculty in that department were phenomenal and really supportive of me when I was active on campus. And um, it was a really good experience. So, and I, mm. yeah, you learned it was all about all sorts of subjects like women in politics, women in leadership, women in literature, women's history, things that maybe we don't do a good enough job of focusing in general in education. So, it was sort of a, a deeper dive in those areas. Yeah, I remember one time in my homeroom class whenever I was in high school, um, my teacher is Mr. Craig, the only teacher that ever gave me a detention, actually. Uh, fun Did fact. Did you earn it? Um, Actually, you know, I got a detention. This is hilarious. And we're going off topic. But I got a detention because I was talking to him. What? <laughs> yeah. He's just tired of me. <laughs> and sent uh, you to another that, room. It was like, at that moment, young Dakota Davis realized he was kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I hung out with one of your high school teachers last night again. Uh, Dan, Dan Webb. Webb. Yeah. Yep. We were in Richmond together. He was, uh, you know, I, I was with him whenever I got uh, some stitches on my face one time. So... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You get stitches. You know, a lot. Yeah, a lot of stitches. Yeah. But uh, anyway. Quite Dakota has so, to have that beard. Mr. Craig, one time, we were all discussing uh, college and homeroom, and uh, uh, one young lady in my homeroom class said that she was going to go for a women's studies degree. And some people started making fun of her for uh, choosing that major. Like, whatever job could you get with that? And Mr. Craig actually brought up a study that he had seen uh, from the University of Melbourne. Um, talked about uh, the correlation between women's studies majors and uh, women politicians. I thought that was really interesting. Like, I, it, uh, seeing that you had majored in that kind of jogged my memory whenever I, uh, whenever I saw that. And it was, I was like, huh, you know, that was right. He was right. Mr. Craig was right. So uh, do you think that that had some influence whenever you decided to run for office? Or is it just kind of been like, I'm... You always wanted to run for some kind of public office. Yeah, I've I've been interested in politics my entire life. I think that started really young for me. And I remember reading like my mom's Newsweeks when I was in like fourth or fifth grade and watching the McLaughlin group on TV. I mean, so nerdy. But like, were you a, were you a John McLaughlin fan or a Pat Buchanan fan? Who was your guy? Oh, definitely John. Yeah. So mm-hmm. cantankerous and my funny. Mind, uh, and... My mind went to Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in the I know. arms of the angel. <laughs> Those commercials are brutal. I like to sh- I like to show those in class to my students when we talk about like persuasion and emotional persuasion, and I always look away, and it's always so funny. That's a good one. I show yeah. them to my dog Daisy so that she knows how good she has. <laughs> I should do that with my dog. Yeah. What say you, Betsy Mills? Yeah. Um. All right. So that's cool. The uh, and then you have demonstrated some sort of leadership in your past because you got elected student body president at Ball State. Yeah, um, my uh, we and uh, in student government there you run as a slate, so it's president, vice president, secretary, treasurer. And um, when I went to campus for a visit, my senior year of high school, I went on the day that the SGA election was decided, and it was like campus was electric, and it was so interesting. And I thought I have got to get involved in this when I come here, and so I did. I joined student government right away, and. I was a member for all four years of undergrad. Um, I just worked my way up and set that goal for myself really early. I think everybody who ever knew me knew that I was going to be running uh, for my senior year. And I put together a good team, built a platform, and went for it. So, so do you have to run your senior year? Um, no, you can run whatever you want. Like, okay. You like like this? the elections are in February and March, and then you serve from you know, March to March. So oh, All right. 
Yeah. I was elected technically during the end of my junior year, but I served for my senior year. Not only were you a student body president, but you also were a part of the, uh, is it Chai or Chi? Chi. <laughs> totally wrong. No, you're okay, though. You would or, never know that if you but weren't. But not Kia. No, not Chi. Chi Omega. Omega. Yeah. I knew how to pronounce Omega. The last <laughs> word is sorority. Yeah. yeah. Sorority. So actually, technically, they call themselves a fraternity, even though it's all women. I don't know why. I've yeah, never quite understood. Well, that. there's something weird about a Ball State or Delaware County or something up there where they uh, weren't technically allowed to have sororities. Yeah, that's uh, not. That's but it's like not, a. That's like a. You should talk about that in your podcast of like tinfoil, not realness, because uh, it's. I know. I, I've heard that a million been, times. We've been really? blaming Catanagnos for all of that. Yeah. He's been on the show a couple times and it's up at the up at the university now. So. No, but um and they've talked about putting in sorority housing. Um and there was one my understanding a couple years ago there was one sorority that said they didn't want to and then that put their project on hold. But there's no local ordinance preventing it, and I, I would be really hmm. in favor. It's actually Chi Omega's, if I can give a shout out, hundred and twenty third birthday today. Right. And oh, I, there you I go. Saw right. Him, yeah. We should have put the sign back out, Dakota. <laughs> it is your it birthday. It is your birthday. Chi Omega. Yeah, it was a really great experience. I am definitely not the typical sorority woman, and I thought, that looks fun. I'm going to go for it. And uh, my my chapter was amazing. had a just really incredible sisters. And um, one of my friends was like, uh, after she didn't know me at, at Ball State, but she was like, is that like a real sorority or is that like a service sorority? And I was like, A, that question is offensive, but B, <laughs> it's definitely a real one. Like, they're, you know, they, they look like a real sorority and I sort of stuck out like a sore thumb, but I loved them and they were really good sisters to me. So I'm always grateful. I heard they threw the best parties. <laughs> that is absolutely right. <laughs> so we have party girl, uh, Betsy Mills with us today well, on the yeah. Ball Soccer podcast. You got Chase Payton, Dakota Davis and myself, uh, chatting about, uh, chatting about Betsy's background, getting to know her a little bit. She is running for the Henry County Council in the uh, Republican primary. Uh, are you, there three of you, four of you? How many, how many are running this race? There are four. There are four. Um, there's three people who are really obvious, and then there's a fourth person that no one has ever heard from. Have you knocked on his door and asked for his vote? <laughs> I might. <laughs> I mean, man, if you're not going to do anything, uh, uh. yeah, I could, <laughs> I could use his support. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, one extra one for me. Oh, gosh. That's hilarious. That, uh, I'm going to laugh about that one later. <laughs> so, uh, after, did you get your, Dakota in our notes says that you have a communications master's degree, which has allowed you to go on to your teaching pr- project or your teaching program. Is that from Ball State as well, or did you go somewhere else for that? Yeah, that's from Ball State. You too. didn't outsource it. You stayed in state for yeah, that. Yeah, I. Uh, the, my, the you guys have a hell of a communications program. At it's Ball a very state. good communications program in the David Letterman Building. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great department and a great college. It's definitely one of Ball State's assets. <clears throat> as you walk through the building, is there any sign that says like "Boom goes the dynamite" on the wall anywhere? No, but I definitely had TCOM with that guy. Yeah, and did I you de- really? I did. Yeah, and I remember him. Do you have and, any idea what we're talking about? Yeah. No idea. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh man. Okay, you it's, conti- it's continue on, and I'm going to be Googling. Okay, yeah, you've got to see Boom Goes the Dynamite. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to say like I knew him, but I, I definitely had, like, had a class. You were him. definitely best friends for the story. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that meme. I think it's hysterical. Basically, there was a Boom kid, goes the uh, a sportscaster, that uh, he was at Ball State, and the, they have students that do a sports broadcast. Yeah, a lot of student-run media. And it's I really impressive. think basically the teleprompter died on him. During the well, during the program, it, uh, my recollection, and I could be wrong, was that he was like third string, and he wasn't supposed to be the guy, but somehow he had to be the guy that goes on the air, and uh. it was like his first time, and he just didn't quite pull it together, and the teleprompter was going too fast, and I think he was a little bit overwhelmed. Family Guy <laughs> remade it. 
So <laughs> there's something. Uh, we're going to try. I, I, there's no telling what's going to happen. The guy's name is Brian Collins, and I'm going to literally on the fly try a 12-second clip that we have not practiced or played. There's a whole three-minute <laughs> version something. of it here. Uh, it we're going to try anything. Yeah. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the uh, that's the 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 big moment of it. But the uh, yeah, the lead is, up. He's the, like the lead up the is, whole time. is an ad. What I will do, I will pull the audio of that and we'll stick that in the Patreon feed, or or maybe we'll just put put a link out out there for people to find the uh, find the full three minute version. But he basically struggles for three or four minutes mm-hmm. covering the Pacers game, and and it was it Reggie just, Miller's last season. Yeah, it was dramatic. Yeah, it was it was an absolute train wreck. Uh, there's another part where he goes, oh no, <laughs> That's, which I wish was a gif or a meme because I, I say it all the time to myself when something's going terribly wrong and you just whisper yourself, oh no, mm-hmm. uh, that's the, uh, that's the actual gold of it. But everybody knows it for boom goes the dynamite. So enjoy that one. Um, yeah. Okay. So communications degree at ball state. Right. Was that good communications? Boom goes the dynamite. Um, Hey, it's everybody knows it now. So. <laughs> Uh, I would say that in some level he did succeed in his communication. You know, oh. it's funny, it's wholesome, it's. I think everybody has moments like that that are relatable. I love it. I I love that people associate that with Ball State. I think it's really funny. Um, the program's great. I had amazing faculty. I really in my program studied political rhetoric. My master's uh, thesis was about. Um, this was in two thousand. Uh, eight to ten, and I studied uh, John McCain's concession address when he lost the presidency to Barack Obama. That was a big night in America. And oh, I, it wasn't I, when John McCain, the mayor of Rushville, lost a race. It was the, no, the it was uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Senator John McCain. And I just I fell in love with that speech. I thought it was so beautiful and so uh, recognizing of the historical moment that was being experienced. And he was very gracious. And I'm a big John McCain fan anyway. But I just thought it was yeah. a phenomenal speech. And so I broke it down and analyzed it using theories and. Uh, different angles and uh, yeah, spent two years working on it. So really, yeah, yeah. Well, that thesis awesome. is a long, yeah, it's long as like a hundred page papers. So yeah, yeah, seriously though, John McCain as a candidate, great. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, so much better than uh, well, never mind. We're not gonna get into my personal beliefs here because this <laughs> show is all about Betsy Mills and her run for Henry County Council District Number Three, and uh, we are now talking about your current position at sure. Penn State University. Yeah. So why uh, why Penn State? Why did you choose to go there? Um, my partner applied for the English PhD program there and got in, and I was again at a impasse. Like, okay, what do I do? What's my next step? And this was right after the Great Recession. I saw a lot of my peers really struggle trying to get jobs, and um, I applied to teach. And I thought, well, just see what they say. And they hired me, which was amazing because I was 24 years old, and everybody else who got hired at the same time had PhDs. I just had my masters. Um, and it was like an amazing opportunity to be 24 years old and teaching at a big 10 university. So I took it. Um, and the minute I left, I thought, oh my gosh, I miss Indiana a little bit. Like I, I didn't realize cause I'd always been here. I'd always been in this area and then leaving. It was like, wow, I am such a Hoosier. <laughs> yeah. I, my exposure to Pennsylvania is eerie. Like I've been, I'm from Northern New York originally. So we'd clip Pennsylvania. Like it drive scary. It through. Yeah. That is the worst drive. No, Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. I know. I was Come on, man. <laughs> Get with it. Yeah, I mean, Pennsylvania is fine. My my grandfather was from there originally and, and went from a really poor coal mining town and got a scholarship out playing football and moved to Ohio. Um, and that's where my mom's from in Finley, Ohio. Um, so I like I had affinity for that region and my I knew he would, my grandpa was a big Penn State football fan. And um, so it just seemed right. Like it seemed like, OK, this is a cool opportunity. And 
it's it's been a great job. I love teaching students. I love teaching them to think critically and to really analyze and and think for themselves. And uh, I teach a lot of different subjects, but it's really a lot of fun. I don't think it could be more important. It's absolutely vital that we learn how to communicate clearly and competently. It's also important that we learn how to understand the communication of others. Yeah, I could go yeah. on and on, but it's really fun. So you taught on campus at Happy Valley for a handful of years. Yeah, for seven years. And then uh, you've had the opportunity to come back home to Henry County. That's right. Yeah, we have a really strong um, online program. And so I had always taught on campus, but I also would teach a few classes online. And I've sort of become one of their main online people. And and their program just continues to grow. It's called Penn State's World Campus. So I've been talking to my department for a few years about, you know, what if I transition fully online? And is that possible? And, um, you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. And I my students seem to enjoy my classes. And uh, they've been really encouraging, and that's been really great. So I can be back here. I travel back there every once in a while for meetings and checking in and things like that. But, um, yeah, everything I do is online. I usually work outside the house, though. I usually go into Middletown or come down here to Newcastle or go up to Muncie and sit at a coffee shop or yeah, restaurant for a few hours and work. Not easy to have. I, do you have do you have Nine Star available to you yet in Jefferson Township? My neighbor Josh Norris has it, and that last half mile does not make it to me. And I keep calling them oh, and saying, no. "Hey guys, would you uh, give me an idea of what that costs so I can send you a check?" Like because I would really like to have streaming internet, but instead um, I we spend a fortune on Verizon data every month. It's well, it's terrible. It's pretty expensive uh, for for cable line uh, yeah. per mile. Something like. Seven hundred dollars a mile, so yeah, I'd pay that. At, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would write that and not look back. I know, I would, I know that uh, here, I have MetroNet and I have gig speed internet here, um, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. MetroNet is not sponsoring us, but gosh, it's it's such good internet. And uh, I went down to Florida, and my my grandmother, it, you know, she doesn't she doesn't stream Netflix. She, mm-hmm. You know, she uses her, her internet. Sends to, emails and that's it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pretty much that. And uh, sure, I uh, I felt like I was in, uh, you know, I felt like that I should be forging all of my uh, my utensils to eat, wearing like a, a straw cap and things. And I felt like I was in the dark ages and uh, I needed to watch out for the Black Plague. Yeah, it, it was it was so slow. <laughs> I, I checked it one time. It was like 1.5 megabyte upload speed. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, at least with the Verizon, um, like the jetpack we have, and when I, uh, you know, tether to my phone, it's 4G. It's very fast. We've always had good Verizon yeah. signal where I live. It's just very expensive. Yeah, and I can't stream. Yeah, I just can't watch videos and things like that. So I really have to be careful. Which, and what you I need d- to do is get with Josh and put up, uh, put up a couple of parabolic antennas and set yourself up a Wi-Fi network. So you just you oh. stream back and forth. <laughs> you've got some options. There okay. There's there's some tech options there to solve. If you've got high speed internet that close, you've got we'll some, go out there. We'll some opportunities. A, a giant antenna in the backyard, and also a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny windmill would be great. One that would proper to our, nope. you know, that uh, a five hundred ninety nine point five feet. Yeah, I don't know industrial about that. windmill. I don't know about that one. You're gonna I, be on the cutting edge. <laughs> I have a question. Who's your favorite student? Oh gosh, I can't, I don't even know what their faces look like now because it's was, all online. I was gonna ask that originally. I was gonna ask you, is it easier to make? I'm sure it is easier to make favorite students when you're teaching in person. Uh, yes. But do you still get to know them as well I, yeah. when you're teaching online? Absolutely, and 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 I guess I have seen their faces because they record themselves uh, giving speeches. I I guess I could say there's one student who right now who asks a lot of really good questions and is just really sincere. I don't mind answering questions. I mm-hmm. want them to ask questions, and she just gives maximum effort on everything. And if she doesn't think she's given maximum effort, she apologizes, which is not necessary. But just 
I appreciate sincerity and I appreciate effort and people trying to do what they're supposed to do. And so I'm not going to say your name because just in case, but I, <laughs> right, I think better they're question, high Better question. Who's your least favorite student? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my least favorite his name, student. His name starts with a, a, a ch. Is with an ace. I want to surprise me. <laughs> I don't know that I have a specific least favorite student. Um, I get frustrated when people don't follow directions and then mm-hmm. get mad when they don't get A's. Yeah. No, in my opinion, I am not here to give you an A. I'm here to give you an education. And it's your job to do the assignment, to follow instructions. And that's that's what education is all about. Do the job. Do, do what you're being asked to do. Do it well. And We'll see how it ends up. And yep. occasionally I have people push back and say, oh, this grade is unfair. You don't like me. And it's like, I literally, it has nothing. It's not personal at all. You just didn't do what you were supposed to do. Just follow directions. Well, so That's a good teacher right there. Gotcha. So let's get into some of your platform. Sure. Some of the issues that you're really focusing on here. I know sure. I'd, I'd uh, we didn't put the wind farm down in the list uh, because I feel like we've been uh, really beating that dead horse a sure. lot here on the show. So but, we're going to uh, roll it over and flog it again. <laughs> no, but uh, if anybody wants to find out about your issues, you have an awesome, awesome top-notch website. Thank you. Shout out to Kyle Ellis who yeah. built it. it Very good I mean, find. it's great. So it's uh, Betsy. It's B-E-T-S-Y for HenryCounty.com. And uh, you got your wind farm stance real quick. Abatements. That's the only thing that council can do. No abatements. Okay. So there you have it. We should not be in the business of choosing winners and losers. Yeah. I, well, I, I totally agree with that. And then uh, you have you talk about schools on your website, uh, rural internet, some other things that we're not going to talk about here on the show, but mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some other really important steps. Starting with uh, the county roads. Wait, and, let's let's give her a chance to pitch something. Is there a little donate button on that website, Betsy? There's not. We had it up and it wasn't quite working, um, but I would love your money mm-hmm. if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, How check- do people support you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have a very active Facebook page where I like to po- post pictures of sunsets and also uh, our Henry <laughs> County beautiful sunsets, which I will argue I've been all around the world. Our sunsets are top notch. So uh, anyway, there's a lot of stuff on my Facebook besides sunsets. It's actually fairly substantive, and I try to keep up with people who are following the campaign. Um, you can contact me there. My Facebook is open. You can, or my uh, excuse me, my web page is open. You can click through, and there's a form you can enter. Um, I have an account set up at a bank for donations. Um, I I am I think I'm running against pretty well funded com- competition, so I would definitely appreciate it if people uh, agree with my policies and my vision. Um, I I would love financial support. A couple of weeks, we're all going to know where everybody's at, right? We have, fill, <laughs> we have to fill out our CFA fours, our oppressive uh, oppressive state government, and the requirements they have on candidates and finances. So we got to do our pre primary for reports. I, I started going, raising money, going straight for the throat. I am them oppressive. Oh, they are. I, it's a it's ridiculous. I had to fit, I have to have a notary and uh, to get on the ballot, and you have to have it's kind three of intense at a local involved. level. Like yeah. if you're a lot for of Congress, work. I get it, but like. Our level, all you gotta have your paper. financial disclosure forms. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Wait, Jerry, this are, you, first... are you running for something? Yeah, I'm running for Henry County Council, just like oh, Betsy. Did. I had no idea. District one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll be on the ballot. The, yeah. I'd waste my vote on you. Well, thank you, Chase. You, unfortunately, right. I think you live in District two, but you know, if you want to <laughs> shack up with Dakota for a while and you know and nope. ch- change your address, you would have to be uh, subleases like, basement. You'd have to be voting for someone like Chad Malico if he lived in my house. Yeah, you'd have, well, have to go across the street across, to yeah. Zachary Burke. This is literally the district line. This, really, this house wow. here is is the second district between and, one and two. Yeah, and in yeah. District One is uh, is across the, that nameless street over there. Anyway, so speaking about streets, really yes. quick, county roads. Uh, what uh, what would you propose that the uh, that you could do for the road funding on the county council level? 
you know, this is really tough. Obviously, if it were an easy solution, it would already be done. I've traveled all over the country for work and for fun, and uh, I've, I've literally been to 45 of the 50 states in the last five years. Our roads are the worst. They're the worst. And I don't put that on current elected officials. I don't put that on the current council. I put it on people 30, 40 years ago who did not make proper investments because our roads have been bad my entire life. My family's been on 950 North my entire life. The roads have always been atrocious. So how do we address this? Uh, you know, I, I I guess you look at the budget and see if there's anything there, if there's anything that can be allocated in that direction. Um, I think you also put pressure on the state and our rainy day funds and just in general. It's Part of this is the state not paying for their roads because it's a statewide issue. It's not just a Henry County issue. Um, I also think that, you know, I, as I look down the road and President Trump's infrastructure bill, if we ever see it, I would really, really hope that there would be a lot in there for, you know, for infrastructure, especially our roads. So things like that, you know, applying for grants. You know, we just had the with the next level roads grant that's going to bring in $600,000 to not replace roads, but replace signs in the county, which it's, maybe, it's money that you're not having to use elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, so you actually have money for asphalt in other places. Exactly. The, so. the problem with road funding and uh, is as you probably know, is that you have certain accounts you can pull from. It's not like right. as a county yeah. councilor, right. you get to say, well, we're going to use this general fund money and move it around. The state has really defined your job and the, the, lanes, you're, the lanes you're allowed to be in. We'll use some road language. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we talked about this quite a bit in depth with Butch uh, yeah, last right. week where they have, they have their scoring system, but you mm-hmm. only have certain amounts of money you can use each year, and it, it just doesn't cover the amount of what mileage we have. Right. We've got 50,000 people and 800 miles of county roads. It's tough. And I – they're – everybody in office right now, like I, I don't point the finger at them and say like you guys are terrible. Like they, this is – this is the number one issue in the county. I mean they – yes, I know Doughboy and Wind is, is very loud right now and contentious. But our roads are, are – are, have been an enduring issue for decades. Yep. So, you know, it's not going to be an, an easy solution. I sort of daydream and this may be really silly but – Sorry, because and Mr. Baker did a really job last, really good job last week of sort of breaking down. There's four different uh, ways that we fund our roads, but three of those revenue streams are only allocated towards resources, and one is dedicated to labor. And so my thought is, if labor is the issue, if we have the resources but we don't have the labor, could we hypothetically have like a volunteer road crew? And 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 I mean, again, volunteer where. People could say, you know, come and get materials and repair their own roads. I would do that without hesitation. Yep. I would I would go all up and down 950 North filling in those potholes. Maybe Josh Norris would too. I know he gets frustrated. I, I mean, would I think people would be into that. Then maybe that's silly. Maybe I'm way off track. But um, I'm all about thinking outside the box. You know, what oh, yeah. do we have to do to make this better? So that was actually going to be my second question. Uh, How do we fix the roads without raising taxes? Right. Because you're running on uh, such a fiscal conservative platform. Right. and. I mean, I, you pretty much answered it just then. That was that was a really good answer. As a libertarian, I Thanks. really like that answer. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we don't want to increase the tax burden on our citizens. We just don't. So we need to, you know, really tighten purse strings. We need to be prudent financially, and 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 sometimes that requires thinking outside the box. We're in a real hole when it comes to our roads in this yeah. in our county, uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the time of the year as we go through these freeze thaw cycles, and we can't decide if we're in winter or spring. The mm-hmm. roads just continue to crumble. Um, there was a tax increase that came through the General Assembly last mm-hmm. year, uh, and Representative Saunders talked about that when he was on the show. Um, it takes a little bit, a little bit of time for that to get get through the pipeline and get into the counties to where they can actually spend those funds. Mm-hmm. So the counties do have more money now than they did, 
but we're not just doing maintenance. We're having to deal with true repave and, and grading and, and long-term answers. And it's, you didn't get here overnight. It's not an overnight solution, right. unfortunately. It's Yeah, it's it's frustrating. But eventually we're going to have to decide, are we going to invest in this or not? Or not? And it's, it's something that if we do now, we're not going to see full effect for years and years. But people are extremely frustrated. I mean, this is America. We're not third world. Let's fix the dang roads. Yep. It's, it's as simple as that. All right. We're just going to make it like sidewalks where you're responsible for the road in front of your ground. <laughs> and if not, we're going to send Darren Jacobs out there and we're going to ticket you. Honestly, <laughs> that's I, what's going to happen. If that's what it has to be, I, I will have the best part of the road in Henry County. <laughs> well, you then, guys... then you have uh, the guy in front of you wants asphalt. The guy next to you wants asphalt. You want concrete. And then somebody else wants grass. Yeah. And then you have a gravel road. And so you got like three different sections. I don't know if the that naturalist. would work. I don't know if that would work. You need central plan freedom. <laughs> Speaking of roads, did you guys see the video? Yeah, I think it was a day or two ago when it was raining real bad of the sinkhole in yeah, Liberty, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. down in that was County. Crazy. That was insane. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, I shared that off my personal Facebook page, and uh, uh, my guy over at County Materials, like, I think that was a, a, a rusted out uh, pipe culvert. Oh, wow. Of course, he sells yep. concrete pipe culverts, uh, but he, he thinks that the problem that happened there was that that makes the, sense. the the concrete the culvert the, the galvanized culvert rusted failed and then there was nothing to hold back the dirt yep. and then it all just washed out and uh we do have some people that think that boss hog of liberty is in liberty but uh that is not our hometown so it did not affect us directly <laughs> <laughs> it's but, halfway uh, between here and, and dakota's summer home yes i went correct. to uh liberty university for one semester <laughs> had a in, lot of fun in virginia way more fun than jerry Falwell would ever yeah. allow you to have <laughs> yeah. i would have been the student you would have wanted to punch Oh, yeah? It, when I showed up. It's okay. I still want to punch you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I wasn't mean. I, I wasn't bad in class or anything, but I didn't show up half the time my first semester, and I slept a couple times. So, so you were like a bad boy times. at Liberty. I wasn't a bad boy, okay? I was I was a loser. For Liberty standards. For Liberty standards, yeah. I mean, I was a bad student. Yeah, I'm, I, I understand. I'm like the most rejected homeschooler ever <laughs> who drinks on the air and has a libertarian podcast i understand, <laughs> I understand. so uh, uh the next platform piece and is also a question that just came through on the live stream is on the county council you do have some strings that you can pull um things that you can do uh, how would you bring in more more people more jobs more growth uh to henry county as a whole what is it what are your ideas on we're unicorns. We're, we're bachelor degree people that are over 30 that have moved back to Henry County or come back to Henry right. County. That doesn't happen. I know. So how do we get more Betsy's here? Um, that's a really good question. I and think... is it the county council's job? <laughs> this is a complicated question, and I, I look at it from a, di- a couple of different angles. Um, you know, people our age want to be in thriving places where they can start businesses, where they can raise families, where they can settle down. They want things to do. They want it to be safe. They want it to be fun. They want it to... They want different amenities. Um, I am really excited about like one project in particular, the trailhead project that's going uh, going to be from Sulphur to Middletown. I know it's not a complete trailhead at this point, but it's going to be eventually. I think projects like that are outstanding. You know, keep it, we need things for people to do. And, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, for me to do anything entertaining, I have to go to Fishers or Indianapolis or maybe, you know. We do have a pretty impressive trail system. That's, that's, yeah. That, that, uh, I know. Jeff Ray and some others have worked really hard yeah. on uh, where you can take a trail from our YMCA all the way out north, almost to Hillsboro now. And that's intent, eventually going to connect up to Bluntsville in the northeastern part of the county yeah. and get on the Cardinal Greenway. And I wasn't mm-hmm. aware of the one. So you've got one in your district that right. would go from, you said, from 
Sulphur to Middletown? That's my understanding, yes. So is, it, is it another old rail trail? Yes. Yeah, the one yeah. that is uh, right at uh, just uh, north of 36 on 300. And we we did talk about that a little bit last week on the show uh, with Butch Baker because it would it would kind of cross right there next to the Doughboy. And, uh, well, that's a, that's the inner. That's is that a, a second trail? That's a different trail. That right. is oh, my the, goodness. Oh, so oh. many trails. I know. But that's cool, <laughs> yeah. right? Like these are the kinds of things that people our age are interested in. So I think part of the picture is, uh, and the comprehensive plan I think does a good job of this. Of I was out. I was going to buy a mountain bike until they said they weren't going to put bike trails in down at uh, the Trojan Woods. Now they're now they're going to close it and the woods, don't be able to go in there. Oh, the woods gosh. is dead, man. I know it's but, it's too dangerous. Comprehensive plan. I'm yeah, sorry, I interrupt you. No, I'm, no, a, I'm a terrible host. No, <laughs> you're fine. Um, no, I I mean this is complicated. It's it's having things to do. It's having housing. It's having jobs. Good jobs. I mean we. Uh, if you look at our economic development, a lot of uh, so many people in our county leave for all the surrounding counties or they go to Marion County because that's where the jobs are. It's where good jobs are. And that's the story of so many people in our generation. They they don't leave because they hate Henry County. They leave because they want good jobs. They, who, how could I fault anybody for that? And I came back because I could bring my job here. You found a way to make I it work. I have my good job. Yeah. And, and that's I know that's unusual. And I'm really happy that it's worked out. So I think a, a big picture, a big part of this is economic development jobs in our backyard and i know that leads to more questions but i think obviously that has to be an emphasis for the county that's good for everybody more jobs is a win for everybody contributes to the tax base we can repair the roads etc cetera, etc cetera. Yep. how do you I, decide what what the right jobs are though <laughs> oh man this place is... solomon because right. you know the, the other big story that we had two weeks ago is there's the commissioners at their next meeting are going to have to decide on rezoning some ground from rural residential to light industrial yeah um you know it we're desperate for these jobs. They're going to be, they're going to keep, keep people like you and I here. And as I have kids that come along to have them stay in Henry County, right? we need to have that base so that we have options. Absolutely. What, what's the role of government in that, in your view? And I know you're running for County council, so right. it, it, it's not, it's not entirely in your wheelhouse, but you're going to be a thought leader if you're, if you're on sure. the council. Well, I think a lot of it is community buy-in. I think it's commu- communicating to our citizens and our local leaders that, hey, we need to have destinations for business to come in. We need to have these sites already. It's not enough to just have a field. You have to have it developed to a certain point so that when our economic development officers are showing off these locations, you know, these large parcels, it's ready to roll and people are much more like they don't want to develop a field. They want it ready to roll where they can come in. And at least this is my understanding of, of economic development. Um, so I think part of this is identifying those good locations. And we look at our interchanges. You know, one of Henry County's great assets is that we have those interchanges on I-70. Something I daydream about is, uh, you know, being up from Middletown, I, I look at 69. And now 69 doesn't run through Henry County, but it just barely just, misses it. That's exactly right. It just barely misses Middletown on 236. It's about a mile and a half, two miles uh, west of the county. So I, th- I, my sort of position is, is there any way at all we can work with Madison County to develop an interchange there? And maybe it's impossible. I don't know. I've heard different things about it as I've talked about it privately to people. But I think that could be huge for the northwest sector of the county. Now, this is something years in the making, but – well, and you've heard, I mean, Henry County, the uh, the city's master plan is potentially to try to get an interchange added at State Road 103. I think that's uh, great. On the south side of Newcastle and, as well. And this is going to be a bigger issue. I mean, you guys have grown up in the area. You've seen how Indianapolis grows our way. When I when we were kids, it was like Castleton was the far edge of Indianapolis. Yep. Now it's basically Anderson. Yeah. You take, 69. You take yeah. 234 out to the east and, you know. Yeah, all of a sudden, Hancock County is, right. is and, suburban Indy. And 70, yeah, on, on 70. And so 
Indy, Indy metropolitan area continues to grow, we have to recognize our place in that future. And what can we do to position ourselves well for that? And that's sort of what I'm thinking. That's long-term thinking. But I think we don't do that here. Well, we are crisis to crisis in this county. Don't you ruin this. Wind farm to Doughboy to the next thing. Uh, no, but seriously, I mean, and, and I think the comprehensive plan, I'm really glad that that's been developed. And I think it's uh, I've read it. I think it's pretty logical. Um, and, and they're saying a lot of those same things, too, that I've been you know, thinking privately. So something I've been thinking about a lot is that when you start to say those sorts of things, you start to sound like you're in the good old boy network. And you're, you know, you get lumped in with the establishment and you're, you know, that that's the this tricky line of, well, I'm an outsider, but I, I agree with some of the things the county is doing. So you're just in favor of all of the stuff that is as it is. What 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 do you say is the good boy, good old boy network? Because I know you've talked about that in your social media a little bit. And, and as a you know, what what does that mean? Does it mean somebody's, you know, we social media, you see somebody say, well, they're on the take. They're taking the money or this is yeah. this is what's going on. Or it, what's navigate that for me? I don't. I don't know that I've ever used the verbiage uh, "good old boy," okay. but I, I mean, obviously, that perception exists. Um, I. I don't think I would be identified as part of that just because I'm young and I haven't really been, you know, active in our, our politics lately. Um, I, I don't want to point fingers at people who've been public servants for a long time and say, "Oh, you're bad." Like, there are a lot of people in this county who have been around for a long time who I think are amazing leaders, and we would be in a much worse position without them. So, I don't want to trash anybody, but I do think. It's important that we have uh, diversity of thought and, and we are looking at different age groups and we're looking at different backgrounds as we uh, and, and different assets in the community as we start to make these decisions as a community. So I don't mean to dodge the question, but I, right. I just want to represent my views. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I can only speak for myself. I'm young, but I'm, you know, I, I think I have a background that really speaks to this and I have a skill set that I think I could be useful to. To counsel. Okay. I'm, I'm very excited that you're in the conversation. For sure. <laughs> I, you know, I, I asked you before we started on the air, I said, did you know what you're getting into? Because that I, I'm terrified that somebody like Betsy is going to get involved in politics in Henry County and get chewed up by the machine of the angry, the angry mobs that come by and pick up pitchforks. <laughs> and then she's, you know, after the election, if, if it doesn't work out, or even if it does work out, you're like, oh my God, well, these people are nuts. And I'm really, I'm, I don't want to be involved in this mess. You know, that's that's a fair question. And I know people can get scared easy. Um, regardless of what happens on May 8th, I'm going to be in the conversation. Good. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm very interested in Henry County. Um, I look at this, you know, I want to win. I'm very competitive. I'm going to do my best. I have, uh, this is my entire focus, this and my job and uh, my obligations at, at Ball State with alumni activities. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm putting in maximum effort. I'm proud of the campaign we're running. I think we've been very positive. I think we've been good with everybody. Still trying to get the word out. Um, I still hear like, oh, you're running for county council. I had no idea. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, <laughs> what do I have to do to break through? But, um, That's, you know, uh, as a guy that was on the park board uh, and a guy that was on the planning, uh, the planning commission's appointed board for the uh, the comprehensive plan mm-hmm. that spent ridiculous amount of time and effort trying to say, hey, this is going on. Yeah, it, there will always be somebody that's going to be Absolutely. like, why didn't you tell me? I know, and, and I I think that might be happening now with Doughboy where you know, these plans have been in place. Now people are upset, and I, I mean I have feelings on that. But um, that's, that's always a tough position when you're in governance, and you're like, I have done everything to get this message out to you. I literally don't know what else I can do. That's, that's tough. It's, yep. it's, a, it's a constant battle. Hopefully with the new Nexel system, though, it'll be a little bit better. Uh, yeah, that's really yeah, interesting. You know, uh, okay, so – you mentioned the Doughboy, and we talked about earlier going from crisis to crisis to crisis. <laughs> um, part of your platform, and I was really happy to see this because we haven't seen it in any of our local uh, 
on any of our local primary races was the uh, was the opioid crisis. Yeah, Henry County and Newcastle definitely has a big has a big issue. That mm-hmm. it, it's not just Henry County; it's everywhere. Um, and uh, I'm afraid every time that that we bring this up, uh, it's going to go back to uh, talking about hospitals and uh, what what doctors do. But uh, um, I brought this up before on the show. Um, I think it was whenever we had Sen- State Senator Mike Kreider on talking about the o- opioid crisis, and uh, it was a it was a Reason article mag or Reason magazine article article that uh, stated that a 2018 study found that just one percent of people who took prescription pain medication following surgery, which is the, always the big thing that we hear about, uh, just one percent show signs of opioid misuse. So uh, I would like to hear a little bit about what you have to say about that because I think it's a big issue and I was really happy to see that on your on your website. Absolutely. And, and let me first say that there are many, many Americans, millions of Americans who take opioids for legitimate health concerns. Um, and I think that is really important. And I think the fact that people are turning to heroin because they can't get the prescriptions they rely on to live productive lives I think that's absolutely tragic. So uh, my first thought is don't mess with people who are obeying the law, who are, you know, listening to their doctors and taking medicine that they need. Um, at the same time, we don't need anybody abusing drugs. Heroin is horrible and uh, and meth, too. I mean, those are the two drugs in this community that I think have really done great damage. Um, very hard drugs. Um, I, I mean, there have been people our age who have died in this county. Yeah. from overdoses. It's it, these drugs kill. Heroin is terrible. Fentanyl is is terrible. So, um, you know, my thought is uh, and I've I've also known addicts who have recovered and I'm so proud of them for uh, for taking those steps. So, I just think we have to look at a big picture. What do we do to make this better? We listen to our law enforcement, we listen to medical professionals. Don't mess with people who are law-abiding who need certain medications to get by day to day. Um, but really what do we have to do? It's a so, comprehensive effort. So do we, uh, whenever we, whenever we see people that are abusing opioids, or maybe they've turned to uh, heroin or methamphetamine, things like that, is it is it a cause or a call for more jail time, prison time? Do we send them to rehab facilities? Try to uh, try to provide incentives for uh, local churches to create groups, things like that. That have uh, those things have actually succeeded in other counties. Um, but I don't. I'm interested to hear your view on that because of your your history uh, with the emergency service community. Sure. Yeah. And and it's been such a burden on emergency services. All the runs that increase incredibly because they're dealing with overdoses and they're having to administer Narcan and they're running Signal Ten around the county, which puts them at risk. Signal for Ten being they're running. They're, they're running hot. Yeah. Lights yes. and sirens. Sorry. That's a. You know, ten codes. Oh, you insider! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Go, going back to my past there. Um, I, you know, I, I would defer to experts on this. I don't know that you just throwing an addict in jail is the best way to go. Um, not that I don't believe in holding people accountable, but I don't know. You know that that's tough. I definitely think we need to make more of an effort on rehabilitation. I'm really excited to see Governor Holcomb is providing leadership in this area and saying, "Hey, we really need to address this because we're losing a generation to." these crises and it's, yeah. it is, these are people we can save and these are people we can return to society, have jobs, contribute to our tax base, contributing to society. So yeah. I, th- I think just taking a hard line on it is maybe not the most effective. Pain is, pain is real. Like, you, you know, I, I, you can understand how it happens. I had, I, this is a silly little thing, but I had like a, a neck problem mm-hmm. this last weekend 
Easter Sunday was terrible. Monday morning I woke up, I was desperate for mm-hmm. anything. It was terrible. Could right. not function. I picked up the phone. I was like, I need a chiropractor. I need somebody. And I, I went through two or three. Dr. Young answered the phone. I'd never been to a chiropractor before in my life. Got in, and he fixed me up, and it was I was good after that. But, you know, for that moment or two, you would, you know, if you're – I can see why you go to the doctor and you end up on pain meds, and then when he takes them away and you're in that pain. Yeah. I, the desperation is very understandable. Yeah, I've uh, had herniated uh, discs in my back. It's It, it can be excruciating. So, uh, you know, it's a balance, I think. You, you, we used to joke at Ball State that when you went to the student health center – um, you know, you sprain your ankle and they throw a bottle of Vicodin at you. Like, not necessary. It used to be, it definitely used to be overprescribed. But now I think we've gone so far in the other direction that if you have a legitimate health issue that really could use, you know, a limited amount of pain medicine, you're, you're almost never going to get that now. And that's. Yep. It, it definitely. Yeah, my a, mom had a knee replacement about a year and a half ago. And yeah. then it became, they watched them so tightly that you're, the people that truly need them, they can't, you know, right. they, they run yeah. out of, run out of medicine on the weekend. And then you're like, well, now what the hell am I going to do? Right. You're so restricted that you're driving law-abiding citizens following doctor's orders into decisions they should not be having to make. You start to feel criminal. Right. You buy, do, you, uh, do you ever try to buy Sudafed? <laughs> the, state, the state government's turned that one into a mess too. Yeah. I've been hearing about that. Um, you know, like once or twice a year when I need it, I, could, I don't know. You should start buying it in advance and keeping it because now now you're <laughs> you're restricted. Stuck you, up you can on only have stocks so much. and yeah. Sudafed. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the, the 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 cycle. Dakota's running a speed test on the internet. We've got yeah, we just something going terribly wrong. Lost our, uh, we lost our internet stream. Oh no! Really quick, uh, it, it's back now. All right, we're back online now. But... We've had all kinds of things go terribly wrong because the card filled up too. So we are going to have you and I are going to have the most ridiculous time of stitching this show back together <laughs> right. to get on the air. Well, let's do it again. <laughs> we're going to start from the beginning. No, 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 no. We'll be fine. Uh, I I think we've got all the audio. We'll be we'll be fine. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Yeah, we got to start over from the beginning, <laughs> Betsy. Sorry. All right. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's all right. So what uh, what would we need to do uh, from the county side to make ourselves more more competent? You know, the, the county spent a ton of money on an umbau, what they call the umbau report. It's umbau and associates is a consultant that came in and they painted a picture that's not very rosy for the future of the county because of property taxes and the lack of job growth and. You know, we've seen the health departments and the, the county park, which we've, we've talked to plenty about the park in the, in the last few months over on this show. Um, what do you see as being the, the right path forward financially? Because that's your job as a county council person right. is you're setting you're setting that tone. You're one of seven voices. Yeah. Um, you know, with the property tax issue and that would be uh, that would be state level. Right. Um I respect the attitude that that was brought forth, you know, the the spirit that that was passed in. But I think that's really going to do long term damage. And I, I hate it because I the tax caps, right? The tax caps. I don't want to see more taxes, but I I wonder if we're so constrained at this point that it's just it's not a good thing. And we're asking our our local governments and our local entities to do more with less and less and less. I see this at my mom's a librarian at the Middletown Library. And she, they do amazing work on a shoestring budget every year. They get less and less and less and the state expects more and more and more from them. So you, do, you don't raise taxes. I mean, uh, I, I, again, going back to economic development, growing your tax base. I don't know where this goes. Volunteerism is a big part of it, too. Yeah. Uh, and, and finding ways to make up the gap. There was a, a um a publication by the Henry County Historical Society, Celebrating Memorial Park, that came out in 1992. 
I was reading that uh, this week, doing some research. We had the the 4-H junior leaders. I'm I'm one of their leaders, and we were doing some some uh, a photo scavenger hunt. You can check my Facebook page and find pictures of that. Uh, but I was looking for a map of the park, and this when my Google result this popped up, and you just go down the list and reading about the park and the history, and it was a, a great collection of stories. Moral of the story: 1992, the park's budget was very close, within twenty or thirty thousand dollars of what the park's budget is now. Wow! In 1992, yeah. Um, so, and that, and that goes. It's because we've been stagnant right. in so many ways in the county that the but the buying power of those dollars doesn't go as far anymore. Right. And they were talking about the t- park needing hundreds of thousands of dollars of upgrades at that time. That never happened. Um, same thing happens with your libraries. Happens, you know, you, you've unfortunately your population doesn't change. The mm-hmm. buying value doesn't go as far. Uh, housing values don't increase. Incomes don't increase. And you end up being in a county where you've got to you've got to figure out what your what the future is or what the path forward is. Right. And you know that's one of the reasons why these economic development opportunities like wind farms are so attractive to the incumbent uh, commissioners. Right. Because they're saying, hey, I can get a couple hundred miles of county road paved, and I can get you know tax base going. I I don't know. I'm I'm not in favor of abatements myself. Yeah. Uh, I've made that pretty clear. Uh, I was I was the only person at the county council when I ran four years ago at the table that said no, no abatements. And I, hey, everybody's on board with it, which is cool. Thank you for coming around, Henry County. Um, but it, I it's very understandable to me uh, because you've got issues that have been in place for 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I realize one viewpoint is these these wind farms could bring in a financial windfall for the county that is. Nothing else will provide. Um, I understand that. I don't think that people that think that way are evil or wrong. But I also I look at it from the other direction. Is it going to impact our quality of life? And I think it would, uh, especially people living directly around them. And and maybe that's not fair. I also look at are we sacrificing our place in the future? If we if Indianapolis is growing in our direction, if we become a county where people want to live, are people going to want to move here? If we have turbines a thousand feet from your back door, um, it's questions like that that really concern me. And I worry if we say yes now, we throw away our spot in the future. So I, I know I know it's for, from some angles, it's, it's if you can put them on your land and you don't have to live near them. Yeah, I'm sure you would want to say yes. But for the rest of us who have to live near them, and have to deal with them and have our lives impacted. Is that really fair? And is that money grab? worth the sacrifice and i i personally would say no and and not without really significant setbacks and really you know the wex agreement would have to be really really structured well to even begin considering that so last week we asked butch baker the county commissioner uh what his setback plan was or what his you know there were three different areas that they were arguing or you know negotiating amongst themselves over in their committee right do you have a personal view on that or is it you know, is it just I don't I don't support abatements and that'll kill it right there. So that's as far as I'm going. Because that's sure. kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm at I, without abatements. I don't think the program the projects are coming. So that's that's where I've said. Right. What's your your you know? Do sure. you have the specifics or are you just yeah? Ain't... With regards to council, you know, their the number one question is abatements, yes or no. I would say no to that. Um, and the other aspect is just generally how do I feel? Um, I think wind industrial wind can be a really good thing. If it's kept local and if the turbines are where people aren't. And we have 50,000 people in this county and about half of them live in cities or incorporated areas. The other half, you know, 25,000 live out in the rural areas. That's way too much population density 
for wind. And I'm not looking at this emotionally. Honestly, the first time I heard about it, my mom said, hey, they're considering this. And my thought was, that sounds cool. And then she said, no, you need to learn more. This is this is bigger than you think. And and I really dug into the issues. I don't think of it emotionally. I don't think, oh, uh, I, I, I don't think it, they cause cancer. I don't know about the health effects. I'm not willing to commit to any of those angles. And I, again, I look at research. I, I come from an academic perspective. But I do know that a lot of people signed up for wind, aren't living anywhere near their turbines, a lot of them, a lot of the farmers. Um, and I don't, I, I don't fault them for wanting to create more income on their land. I, I understand the logic of that, but I think for the rest of us, it's not great. Um, long term, I just, I really worry about the impact and I really worry if the WEX agreement is not tight enough, you know, these companies can sell off to a new company, you know, where does that leave us? Where are their obligations? So, so it's, it's complicated. And I would say, you know, with, with regards to setbacks, if you're wanting to know, Hey, where do I stand? I would say mile because the literature, again, if I'm looking at like the Berkeley lab studies and I've really tried to educate myself, I'm not just going off of so-and-so told me this, like, I want to know, I don't want anyone else's opinions. I want to go to the research. They don't, you know, within a mile, they, they either won't study it or they don't study it clearly enough. And it really can impact property values. You know, three to five miles they're they're very willing to say, oh, it doesn't impact property value. Sure. Yeah. Five miles away. I can understand it wouldn't impact your property value. Sure. But within a mile. It's really going to – it's going to impact your neighborhood. And what does that do for all of our citizens who have been here for decades you know, in their rural you know, homesteads that all of a sudden lose 20, 30, 40, 50 percent of their property value because their neighbors signed up for this? That doesn't seem fair to me. I don't know the answer to this. This is yeah. not a loaded question. I, they, have, they have a turbine at Shenandoah. Have the values of the properties around Shenandoah gone down because of theirs being that's, installed? That's a good question. I do not know. Um, and it's a what's it, like a three hundred foot turbine, so it's a little yeah. about yeah. Half I size. mean, it, it's about half the size, and it's and it's one at a high school. Yeah, it's not going to have the same effect that an entire farm would have, I would think. Yeah, and I've heard I, the wind the when it comes to the wind farms and all the concerns about it. Um, I have some concerns because of you know my career. Is in the electrical industry, so that definitely concerns me. And then, uh, you know, the property value I definitely see is a big thing. Yeah, right. I'm I'm kind of on the same page as you. I try to look at everything very, go into everything with a very unbiased level position, and uh, then come out with a, a really well developed opinion on things. And uh, that I mean, that uh, your answer was perfect on that for me. <laughs> Thanks. I, I try to be sincere. I try to hit, listen to all sides. I try to weigh the factors and, and just look at it logically and look at it long term, not short term, long term. And again, I, I'm not mad at people who think it's a good thing. I understand their logic. I just without bias, without having a lease, without having anything, without having one exactly in my backyard. I just think it's the wrong call. I think it, I think wind energy is good where people aren't. We have too much population density. Uh, it is what it is. So are there specifics for Henry County? Uh budgetarily that you want to make adjustments to at this point? I definitely don't want to come in and say, I'm going to change this and that and make all these changes. Um, that is something I would want to come in slowly and really evaluate budgets and really get a lay of the land before I would commit to any big changes. I don't, it's not like I look at council now and say, Oh, you guys are screwing everything up. No, I think I can add to the council. I think I have attributes that would make me a good member of the council, but um, I wouldn't want to commit to say, Oh, you guys do things wrong. I, I think generally they they are very sincere and they try to be responsible with the taxpayers' money, and I respect that. So day one, you're not going to commit to buying a new Doughboy statue. So you can have two, and everybody can be happy. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> uh, no, not with not with our taxpayer money. 
I think if somebody, you know, and I, if we're transitioning into right. the Doughboy yeah, conversation. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, that, we're that, that was kind of, of our segue. You know? Sure. We've, we've lost the video feed once. We've lost the, 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 the side recorder once. I have literally no idea how long we've been in the air at this point. You know, it's, it's, no uh, clue. it's almost 830. Um, uh, Doughboy is something I've learned a lot about and I am embarrassed to say I didn't know a lot about Doughboy before. I don't know how I missed that part of our, our, our county's history, but I just, I didn't really know. Um, I remember as a kid seeing it, but I just didn't really understand the significance. Pokemon Go put it on the community for people under 30. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, a, it's a Pokemon gym. <laughs> I had no idea where it was. I didn't know what it was until we started doing the show. So I'm right there with you. I mean, sure. So with, with Doughboy, you know, first and foremost, I think the park board has worked really hard to try to design a place for him to be relocated that is appropriate and and is the intentions there are really good. I feel really bad for them that they're getting a lot of animosity directed in there at them. And because I think the intentions were really good. But I do think and I, I wrote about this in the paper and, and a couple of different editorials. Yeah. You had a great letter in, in the paper. Yeah. It was really good. Thank you. Um I you know I, I try to look at this again from all perspectives and my thought is Okay, the American War Mothers and the and local veterans think that this is hallowed ground and you do not move things from hallowed ground unless you're repairing. And that argument to me is really compelling and that sort of stands out from everything else. And I've learned a lot from uh, – I know you guys mentioned Mark Sean Orr who's really active on social media. He's like local historian. I know he's a jack-of-all-trades, amazing photographer. <laughs> yeah, really interesting. I've, I've learned a lot from his posts and, and so um, I, I've just tried to weigh the factors and to me it makes sense – can we not bring him back to where he was? And then the park board, the plaza you guys have designed, which I think sounds fabulous. Can we not put something else there? So you guys keep your plan, the fundraising you've done, everything stays the same. We just put in a new, a different statue. And what could that be? You know, Doughboy goes back. Maybe we make him ADA accessible. There's a missing statue that was at the end of Trojan at Trojan Lane that nobody's ever explained. Maybe that could go there. <laughs> yeah. That would... one also had a broom on its head. <laughs> <laughs> so. And my thought was Patrick Henry. And I love I love the history of the founding of our country. And Patrick Henry is who Henry County is named after. Yep. You know, has this um, an amazing line: "Give me liberty or give me death." It's a great quote. And um, yep. I almost wonder if we couldn't get a statue of patrick henry see i've 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 thought that same thought except maybe not patrick henry but somebody from you know the vietnam wars or the sure. you know the multiple well the current wars that we're still in in Absolutely, the middle east yeah something that we can leave our own mark in memorial park because you know uh, mark or is constantly bringing up the fact that you know it's a it's supposed to be a living memorial and uh i i really like that idea but i also understand that whenever you have uh you know, private donations going into the government that can kind of make the waters really muddy whenever you start to say, well, we're not going to go with that plan that you donated to us for. Right. You know, that it makes it really difficult. Um, there's a lot of different people that have to be talked to about that. And uh, I, I think it could happen. And I think that uh, it would be responsible for the uh, for the park board to kind of put a hold on this right now because it is it has become such a big deal. And I don't think that they should just ignore it. Yeah, who would have known that this was yeah, going to be the know. issue of the year? Um, Jeremiah, did you know whenever you voted on it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a group of volunteers that came together with a plan led by led by a veterans organization, and they've had donations from veterans groups, yep, fraternal uh, halls, BFWs. individual veterans all over the county that have been supportive. To say any one group of veterans is on either side of it, I think is is sure. is, is probably short sighted because there's you know. Steve Peckinpah, who's leading the thing, is a is a Vietnam War vet himself. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, and, I, and you're right. You know, if it yeah. was if it wasn't for the efforts they had, he would be decaying in the same spot. Right. You know, but then vandalized twice. The the copper that it's made out of was was worn through completely in some areas. Um, there wouldn't be a future for it at all. So right. I I personally and they am, deserve a lot of credit. Yeah. And, and to for people to get furious at them, I. I Let's not beat up on people who are volunteering and doing their very best. Yeah. But maybe there needs to be a tweak here. And that's sort of my angle. Yeah. My, my problem is, is if you pull the pull the rugs out of uh, pull the rug out from under another group of volunteers out there, I don't know if you'll ever get any more. Uh, <laughs> right. Because of course. It's, it's a it's a brutal thing to uh, to do that to a volunteer group. The park board is not paid. It's a volunteer group. And then all these different subcommittees, the monument committee and the people who have done this work and done the fundraising. They're volunteers as well, so yeah. So right. uh, it's it's tough for me to try to try to change that at this point because it's been I mean, this was voted on in August. It went through a fourteen month process, and they got to this point. Um, I, at some point, you're like, man, it's done. <laughs> well, but, you you definitely wouldn't want to change it because it's all your idea. Yeah, it's all my idea. Was this it? your brainchild? No, it wasn't my idea, but I, I did vote for it. I was I was on the board at the time and uh, and supported it because it was it, it, it the the decision was: Do you have somebody? You have a volunteer group that wants to make an improvement and save right. a monument. If if their refurbishment plan says, hey, we're going to relocate it to the busiest part of the park so that it's going to be visible to people again because it's in a completely inaccessible area next to a maintenance area, yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm in favor. But uh, I understand that there's people that are very passionate on other sides of it as well. But, right. And, and and the way the artist designed it was, a, a you know, in that location. On coming the mount. out of the woods. Right. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, I get all the, the – it's tough. Like, you, I don't want to beat up on the board and say, you guys are jerks. No, you, you did really good work. It's just this one little piece of it. And so um, I hope that those conversations can continue and there can be yeah. – everybody buys in whatever the end result is. So. You know, no, no matter what, it's always really good whenever – Whenever citizens get involved and start paying attention to political processes, I mean, even if you don't agree with it, you know, it should always be a good thing whenever you see that type of stuff happen. So we asked this question to Susan Hoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes about $30,000 to have a new statue built. Uh, the county council could allocate those funds uh, to make that happen. Would, uh, would you be in support of that? No, I think it should be private uh, or grants or whatever. I don't think it I should know. be. Yeah, and you're, in your article that you wrote, or article, I guess. Opinion. Letter, piece, letter yeah, to the editor. Your yeah. letter to the editor. You you said that like one good idea to raise money, which I really like this, by the way, it was uh, making miniature versions of the Doughboy and then selling them to try to raise funds. I think yeah. that's awesome. I think that would pretty big market for that here in Henry County. <laughs> if, if the people who are screaming loudest are, are willing to put their money there, and I, I would buy one too. I think that's they would be really cool. I was looking on eBay at I think they made twenty five thousand like smaller versions of Doughboy. No, they're already there. Like the, the, they are, but they're very expensive. They're hundreds oh, of dollars, okay. um, and a lot of them are really beat up. From what I could tell, I thought about bidding on one, but I was like, oh, I thought maybe I could do- <laughs> donate it to the county or to the. Uh, to the memorial that'll that's be on the, the that's the one they can put in front of the Smith Building. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the desktop version. Yeah, they're like the size of the mic. So, um, I honestly was looking last week and thought, oh no, I need money for my campaign. I'm going to hold off, but I was tempted. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all about creative solutions, and I think you know it should be private. It, maybe it's businesses, maybe it's grants, maybe it's all all of the believers pulling their money. I don't think it should be a public yep. uh, expense at this point. I agree with but that. But maybe maybe the public angle is that we as a council would allocate money to make it AD accessible. That makes sense to me, but not to actually fund the statue, the new statue. 
Have you been to the the site of the original statue? Have you been out there? Not in years. Okay. I know there's a lot of trees. I know yeah. sap's an issue. I've not been there in a while. Yeah. As of right now, it's you basically park in the uh, in the superintendent's driveway to get there. That's the most easily accessible spot. As you park at at her home, walk past the oil tanks and the maintenance yard where they they so chop wood. It's going to need a lot of work. And then and then you're there. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the, if you park at the public parking, you're either walking through the woods or you're walking across a muddy mess, across a couple of creeks, and then back up the hill. Uh, it's just it's really not well accessible at this point. Sure. Um, but you know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Whether that it's there, or there's another monument there, or something happens to that site, uh, there, the story is not done yet. I can guarantee that. Yeah, um, it's it's been interesting to watch. It's been interesting to observe. So I have a couple questions before we move to final thoughts. Yes, sir. Chase. All right. Uh, well, actually, Chase. I want to touch on some things because I think we missed some things. But if we didn't, and I just didn't hear you. I'm sorry. We'll edit that part <laughs> out. But just so people get to know you better, since you're running for office. You played the drums in high school? I did, yeah. I played uh, literally just about everything. I played cymbals in band. I played uh, the quintoms, which I loved. Um, loved to play Wipeout on snare. Um, I played just about all the instruments <laughs> I, in, in concert <laughs> band. Yeah, I played jazz band. I played drum set. I played timpanis. I, I did it all. I that's, loved it. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I'm not trying to brag, but I can play <laughs> drums on rock band on a hard mode, and I can play almost any song and get through it all. That's awesome. So I'm I'm go. pretty yeah. good. I'm pretty just good. saying we could we might jam out together. Hey, sometime. I haven't played rock band in a long time, but I'm in. All right. <laughs> I've seen Dakota play the real drums one time, and I was blown away because I didn't expect anything. I thought he was just going to start banging on stuff. He was actually pretty yeah, good. Chase didn't know that I could play the drums, and then I sat down behind a drum set, and he was like. <laughs> well, I made the mistake, and, away. and I got on there before him, and I was yeah. just you know I was like yeah I can play, and I, it sounded awful. And then he got on, and I was like oh well. I should have waited a couple more minutes. <laughs> I think I'm I'm pretty rusty. I really have not played much since high school, and that was 2004. Uh, but, um, playing the drums is like riding a bike, though. It's it, always in your head. It kind of you know? it kind of is. It's so much. There's so much muscle memory behind playing the drums. Like I tried to play the saxophone, which is what I mm-hmm. also played in high school, and I just tried to play that a couple months ago, and it was like it sounded horrible. But I can still <laughs> I can still get behind a drum set and and be pretty good. How's the uh, banjo coming along, Dakota? It's going on, all right. It's going pretty good. It's uh definitely the most difficult, but also at the same time the most fun instrument I've ever learned how to play. Um, banjo is awesome. I love that there's like a growing movement for banjo, like that. Yeah. and ukulele too. I think that's really yeah. cool. I also play the ukulele. Oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I, I think you need to lose a couple more of your teeth to be a banjo player, <laughs> or move wow. a couple states south. My um, goodness. And I was really proud. There went um, all of our Tennessee listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tennessee. By Jacob Mills. Sorry. Um, no, a couple. Oh gosh, this was uh, this was probably six or eight months ago. But I was at a coworker's house back at Penn State and. Um, he, he like collects musical instruments and he has like a couple different drum sets. He has this amazing setup in his basement and they like, they like to jam and they were like, jump on drums. You play drums. And I was like, I can't, I'm rusty. And then I jumped in and I started playing and they were like, you can play. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I still have it. So that was really fun. I was excited. And about uh, that. another thing I think we missed, I'm sorry, I, I was off the mic. I think we missed, um, as you won a couple of awards while you're at Ball State, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I won a few awards, and actually, cool. kind of recently. So I need you to brag on yourself for a minute. Tell yeah, us what the awards were. Which which ones do you want me to talk about? The one on the paper. All of them. I, all of them. Actually, yeah. 
Don't do all of them because it's going to take us like an hour to get through all of them. <laughs> um, the one that you're, I think you're referring to uh, as a senior, I won uh, the Indiana Women of Achievement Student Award. And that was really cool. I was nominated by one of my faculty members in women's studies and um, who they were always just unbelievably supportive of me. And that was really cool um, to win that award. It was really a swanky ceremony in the alumni center and my family was there. And one of the best things about being at Ball State was that my parents and my sisters could come to events and even my sisters followed me two years later. They went to Ball State, too. They're twins. And it was really fun for all of us to be on campus together. Um, more recently, this is very past- expensive for your parents, though. <laughs> uh, well, I, I got a scholarship. So all right. uh, I did pretty well. Um, and they they won some scholarships, too. It was expensive. Um, but and we also lived there, even though we live 15 minutes from campus being, you know, on the northernmost road of the county. Um, my parents were insistent that we and not that we had to fight. We wanted to live on campus. But. Um, I, we were really lucky that they were very supportive of us being involved on campus. Um, more recently, to answer your question, this past fall I won um, a Graduate of the Last Decade Award from the Alumni Association. The and that was, That's pretty the, cool. Yeah, I I was just unbelievably honored by that. That just really meant a lot to me. And I think they they look at you based on your contributions to education, to your community. Look, to at, her, the, look at her bragging about how she graduated college. <laughs> I didn't even go to college. <laughs> you I know, went for a few years. <laughs> I, you know, I think graduating is cool. Mm-hmm. I also, my my dad was in the skilled trades. He was a toolmaker. I believe very strongly in people. I don't think education is only college. I think he was there's a toolmaker. He was. And he worked in a machine shop, or did he, he worked in Del, Delphi and Anderson for a long awesome. time. And so, um, I think sometimes the perception is if you're associated with the college, like you think that's the only way to go. I definitely don't think that. I think. I think you have to have a trade or some sort of skill set. I whatever that is, I encourage it. So I don't think everybody needs to go to college, but yep. um, I, I very much respect the people who do things with their hands or, or whatever else. It may not be the college path because that's absolutely valid. Often they make a lot more money than the rest of us who did go to college. So <laughs> I think it, it really just depends on one's skill sets and desires for their life. Um, trade schools are great, man. Yeah. I, I will preach on that mm-hmm. all day. I mean, that's the path that I went, and it was. I mean, it was perfect for me because yeah. I had no idea what I wanted to do in college or like I wanted to be a chiropractor at one point in my high school career. Could have used you Monday. You... <laughs> and there, there are so... you imagine this finger doing chiropractor work right now? No. <laughs> there are so many people who go to college and just it's not the right path for them and they spend a fortune. Yeah, I've had, I've right been, here. Yeah, spend a fortune and it's they get nothing out of it. And I, I think that's not great. So, yeah. you know, We're everybody gonna, has a different path. All right. Enroll you into Penn State online, Chase. Uh, you're telling me. I'll probably end up going to a trade school eventually, but we'll see. I got right. connections in Muncie. So we're uh, we're getting to that uh, point in the show for final thoughts, Betsy. Sure. Uh, you've got yard signs coming in tomorrow. Tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. So if people want yard signs, they want to support you, they want to send you money, how do they get in touch with you? What's the uh, what's the hookup? Two ways. There's my website, uh, BetsyForHenryCounty.com. Really slick website. There's a form on there where you can enter in information, uh, and I've loved getting those emails. I also have an email address, Betsy. Uh, at Betsy for Henry County.com. Also, I'm very active on Facebook, Betsy Mills, or my page, uh, Betsy Mills for Henry County Council District 3. So, any of those methods, um, I, I like to be accessible. And if people are interested in what I, my, my, my vision is for the county and the things I'm interested in, in my platform, I would love to hear from you. Even if you don't live in my district, like I just like to talk to people and I like to hear about what their thoughts are. Um, 
it's it's been really exciting. You guys doing some walking, some door to door stuff as yeah, you get into the next couple weeks. Some, need yeah, volunteers absolutely, for that. And some absolutely, Saturdays. I could I I could use manpower. I could use all sorts of things. I could use people to distribute signs. Got two hundred fifty of them coming tomorrow. So man, there'll uh, be red ooh, red and white signs all right, over Western right Henry County. Yeah, uh, and it's it's funny because one of my uh, competitors also has red and white signs. I didn't. I ordered them before. Well, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think my signs look pretty good, but uh, it, it is what it is. I'm having fun with it. I I really believe even you know my campaign and my platform and i think uh i think the council could use somebody who's a little bit younger and not to speak ill of my elders or anything like that but um yeah i think i'd be the youngest by at least a decade so what time do you think council should have their meetings <laughs> you know <laughs> you're gonna be on the Morgan bus, <laughs> like uh like uh i definitely am okay with it being in the evenings i think that's optimal for citizens and probably also for most of the counselors so or council members. So I, I think evenings is fine. And especially for Clay, I can understand why he'd be a little bit frustrated that they start at 3.30. So, yeah. I'm yeah. also frustrated. Yeah, as it's a, hard to go. Yeah, that's tough. So as a, as a piece of media in Henry County, it makes it difficult to get there. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we want it to be accessible. And I also would support, I know you guys have talked a lot about, can we record meetings? Can we increase the technology in that room? And it's a really cool room. But yeah, we need to do that. We need to make I think sometimes we have this perception of government as not being transparent because we don't have information when really that may not be what's happening, but we can't get at the information we need. So, you know, uh, for $90,000 a year, I'll go there and uh, film all the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, That's I, one I need mile to have, of road we're yeah. not going to be able to repair. <laughs> I, well, you know, I need to have a – I also need to have a 401K, maybe a pension, some health insurance, you know, all the benefits – I, I, I'll do a great job. I really like you, but as a fiscal conservative, I'm not sure I can support that plan. <laughs> I'll do it for sixty. <laughs> but really, just, you're going to undercut me like that, man? Oh, free market capitalism. It's a, capital. it's a race to the bottom around 80. here, huh? Fifty nine ninety nine. Well, thank you, Betsy, for hanging out with us tonight. We uh, we really appreciate you being here and, and doing the old podcast. Hopefully, uh, you can tell the rest of the candidates we didn't scare you too bad. <laughs> no, you guys have been fantastic. I've been excited to do this, and it's been a lot of fun. Very good. Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, you heard how many awards she's been winning. I wouldn't want to be running against her. She wins everything. I mean, who wants to vote for a loser? So I would vote for her. (laughs) Oh, my God, Chase. Chase is is supporting her. I appreciate your support. There we go. You're going to have to move to Middletown in a hurry. (laughs) You're going to vote in the primary and you're not registered yet. You've got like three days. Yeah, it's uh, April April 8th. 8th. I'm going to say the same thing when her competitor comes on. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I look forward to that interview. (laughs) I look forward to that conversation. Yeah. Well, we have uh, I've I've extended an invite to Steve Duggar, who's uh, who's in the race and uh, he's the incumbent. Right. Uh, Still waiting on Steve to check his email. So, Steve, if you're watching, check your email. Get back to me. (laughs) And then uh, Dakota and I have added another special date. We're going to try to invite uh, Peggy on the show as well. Great. So hopefully that date works out for her. So trying I, to get all these guys that are in uh, contested races on between now and the election. But, and man, I, Dakota and I are going to be living in the studio to try to get it all done. <laughs> I think it's great you guys are doing this and providing a platform for candidates to talk about their vision for the county. You guys do a great job. You should be really proud. Thank you. Uh, that's a really good time for us to plug our Patreon in a minute to help you know, <laughs> yeah. help keep inspiring this thing for me to exist. Chase, you got final thoughts? Oh, yeah. I have two. I'm going to try to get through them pretty quickly. All right. This is usually when I look at the, the camera and I do my spiel about how I want a free T-shirt. You know, I'll go. Um, we got offered bracelets for you. We Okay. All right. Well, I, that's about to go out the window because I'm done doing that. <laughs> All right. When I become park president slash dictator, this is what's going to happen. I've decided. I'm sick of people fighting. About whether it should be moved, whether it should stay. 
I've decided when I become park president. Hey, wait slash you know, the current park board president has arrest powers now, right? He's the sheriff's deputy. So Landon can well, come after you. Listen, no. <laughs> I'm untouchable. <laughs> so when I become park president, we're going to sell it. We're going to sell the Doughboy oh, to the highest bidder. And we're going to put a new statue in. And I'm gonna, we're going to list a couple options on our Twitter page. And whatever one gets the highest vote, that's what's that's what the statue is going to be. Do not endorse this. <laughs> <laughs> and here are your five options. All right, number one, Steve Alford. All right, hometown hero. My dad loved him. I never got uh, to see him play. A memorial to Steve Alford. Yes. Uh, second, Rudy Rudiker from the movie Rudy. Because he has strong Henry County ties. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Indiana, Notre Dame, everyone loves him. But I don't want it to be the actual Rudy. I want it to be Sean Astin from the movie. Okay. Sean Astin was just yes, in Indianapolis I love that. last weekend. Yes. I met him once. He's really nice. He, can hey, he seems really ago. cool. I loved him in The Lord of the Rings. Would it be Would it be like a four foot three statue? Yes. It'd, it'd be short very guy. short. <laughs> the Hobbit version. Small enough for someone to pick up and steal. What if you relocate the shoe at the Steve Alford Inn and put it in the park? That would be a lot cheaper. I'm fine yeah. with that, too. Or we can get... An actual statue of him, and then the Steve Alford one, we can put it in the Doughboy spot, and it'll just be the shoe. That way we have two <laughs> statues, pleases everybody. Both spots get filled. We've the got Steve Alford shoes. coming out of the shoe. We've got, well, we've got the shoe at the museum. Listen, got the shoe I'll try to allot the funds to, to get him down here to do that. Uh, my third option is Peyton Manning. I don't like Peyton Manning, but, you know, Colts fans, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm sure they go for that one. My fourth, my fourth option is Larry Bird, another Indiana guy. No ties to Henry County of any sort. <laughs> Big fan, still Indiana. Um, and my last and final option is Axl Rose. He was born in Lafayette, Indiana. Pretty good band. Just saying, it could work. I, I His statue would that. be pretty yeah. cool. I think an Axl Rose statue. I think the Axl Rose should probably be added to the canon, though. Like he's riding the cannon, sticking like his it. tongue out, giving like a rock and roll symbol. I like it. That'd be pretty cool. Or we could do the Boss Hog Liberty statue. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think I'd rather have the Patrick Henry ahead of any of those. <laughs> Can I retract my earlier statement? Um, I want to add a couple of options. <laughs> okay. Possibilities. Right. Uh, Tamika Catchings of the Indiana Fever. Let's at least get one woman yeah, in Tamika sports. Yeah, Tamika Catchings, yeah. She, she was amazing. Even I know who she is. Right. Uh, and also one of my all-time favorite athletes, Reggie Miller. I like it. I I, I thought no. about Reggie Miller, and then I was like, "Well, they never won a championship." Eight points, so nine seconds. Him. Let's do it. I mean, amazing. I loved him growing up. Watched him when I was a little kid. Really cool. I like that idea. I'll support that one. And then my second, my second thing for my final thoughts is a shout out to Headless Chickens. Okay, I'm I'm gonna look up in my notes because I had a whole thing down here. So I saw confused. on the news. I saw on the news last week. Okay, that there was a headless chicken that was beheaded. And he's still alive a week after, which is just crazy. He was adopted by a group of monks in Thailand, and he's still going. He's going for the record, which was set this by... Isn't, this isn't the Tuesday show. This is, this is the boss. <laughs> well, I'm just this saying, isn't tinfoil time with Audrey I literally, I literally watched this for... I mean, I literally looked this up for a couple hours. And the, the record is held by a chicken that was born in the 40s, 1940s, <laughs> that lasted 18 months without his head. Which is just incredible. I don't know how that happens. Black magic, I don't know, but I figured out right. that in the podcast. I'm officially voting that we keep the Doughboy where he uh, originally was on the mound, and we put the statue of the headless chicken 
in front of the Smith I, I do that. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. If I saw the videos. If you put a headless chicken out there, you're going to scare away I saw the, the all videos, the ducks that are and left. And it is really creepy. Really creepy. But I'm rooting for I'm rooting for this chicken to stay alive. Hope he has a good life. How do people follow Wait you, Wait a Chase? minute. The chicken from the 40s is still alive? No, the chicken from the <laughs> 40s is dead, but the new headless uh, chicken... It's probably his son. I don't know. His How's his grandson? Eat? Good genes. I don't know. Have but a feeding tube. I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't know how he stayed alive that long. Is nope. this chicken a vegetable? A biological no, it, miracle. No. You, if you watch the video, because the video is online, you'll see stuff moving, and it is disgusting. I'll warn you. <laughs> and it's really creepy. But he still moves around. He walks around. He. They had him in a little cage. Like, gosh. Yeah. I was. I was blown away by this little chicken. So I figured I'd throw him weird. in here. Okay. All right. Well. So, Anything thank you else? Guys. That's it. All right. Vote for Betsy, huh? Yeah, vote for Betsy. That's what you're vote saying. Vote for Chase. For... We, these people are running for office, and you're talking about headless chickens. I, just want, <laughs> I, want, I want everybody to know that. Well, you know. <laughs> this is what a public meeting will feel like. Chicken chicken lives matter, Jeremiah. <laughs> I would agree with that. All right, Dakota. All right. So, for my final thoughts, it is April the 5th, 2018. That means that in 11 days... Is it 11 or 11? How do you pronounce it? Uh, 11. 11. 11. Well, I'm going to say 11 days. Um, on April the 16th, 2018, I am going to be live streaming uh, the Memorial Park Board meeting. I hope that everybody can tune in for that. And I hope that everybody watches it. And I hope that there's a really good turnout. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I, I really like paying attention to this Doughboy issue. You know, I was kind of annoyed by it at first. I was uh, kind of irritated by all the attention that it was getting. But uh, my mind has changed a little bit, and I hope that uh, I hope that there, something really comes out of it, something good comes out of all this. Like Reggie Miller. Yeah, I hope it's it. <laughs> People know it exists now. I hope that it's not just a whole waste of time, really. I really do. Um, my second part of my final thoughts is we have uh, 11 people, 12 if you count both of your parents. My parents still haven't subscribed to the oh, Patreon. My account. parents love me. Yep. But uh we uh we're really trying to get up around that five hundred dollar mark so that we can either start building our own studio or we can rent out a studio space because that would be fantastic. Because this studio isn't good enough for us anymore? Well, I mean you just never know. I said on the uh Tuesday show for the Patreon subscribers that well, I just don't know whenever Audrey's gonna start popping babies out <laughs> and I might need this for a nursery True. one day. And we are running out of sign room. We are we really are. We yeah. have got room for about four more signs, so it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> Um, I'm going to win my $50 bet then because I had eight years. Well, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm cheering for you to pull the gold. I, I heard she was pregnant. Bucks. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. You heard what? I heard she was pregnant. I haven't heard that yet. Oh, well, she told me. So. <laughs> All right. That's sorry. You had to find that's out interesting. this way. Yeah. But anyway, we Congrats. really do want to get to that $500 mark. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, the tinfoil time is actually turned out really well. The, the way that we kind of do this format is that um, we both do our research on the topic and uh, like we we divvy it up into the questions that we're going to ask, the things that we're researching, and we both write our little spiels. And then uh, we don't we don't look at each other's writings until the day of and we're reading it. So it uh, it, it it puts out some pretty good content um, this week. It looks like we are going to cover the conspiracy theory that the Queen of England is a baby snacking cannibal. <laughs> I was named after her. Really? Yeah. Cool. Oh, there we go. Yeah, she's cool. So uh, that looks like that's going to be a conspiracy theory that we're going 
that we're going for. I was I was really rooting for that the Earth has two suns and NASA is hiding the second one from us. But uh, we'll we'll see where this goes. I'm really excited. So please, please, I don't want to have to get on my knees because you probably won't be able to see me. But I'm begging you to uh, support us on the Patreon account. It's it's awesome. I'm not begging, but I'm very thankful for all the folks that have uh, that have joined in. Uh, Patreon subscribers are Brant Spicer, Christy Avery, Rebecca Baker, Paul and Joyce Morrill, Sarah Potter, the lovely Sarah Potter, Jamie Joe Owens, Craig DaCosta, Corey Murphy, Aaron Ewart, Mary Hershey, and Nancy Dietz. Your name will be right on that list if you join us next month or next week, any time this week. Between now and then, we'll we'll update the list. And if somebody drops off, we're going to shamelessly beat them <laughs> for falling off the list. Uh, I said on the Tuesday episode, you know, if you have to, you know, just forcefully dominate all your friends and family and force them to get in front of a, a computer and, and uh, <laughs> uh, donate to the Patreon account. Dakota learned from the way I friended him. Uh, yes. for, forcing friendship. He's going to force friendship. people to join the I will the say it is the second best podcast I've ever heard. Second best? Mm-hmm. Behind Burt Crusher? The, Ours. Oh, yeah. Tinfoil time. Oh, there goes, there goes Boss Hog Liberty and then Tinfoil time yeah, and, and then, then we maybe, are libertarians. Maybe Burt Crusher. I, <laughs> I like his podcast. It's pretty good. All right. Any more final thoughts, Dakota, or are we there? Uh, do you want to say that I did not expect anybody to be donating 25 to $50 a month? So I didn't actually have the posters designed that, uh, these people are getting for their rewards. I do now have a final design. It looks sweet. So as soon as, uh, Vistaprint sends them to me, I will be sending them out to you all. They'll be in the mail. That's correct. The posters in the mail. Very cool. All right. Well, if people want to follow Dakota, Dakota at bosshogliberty.com. Or at a Tocads of Odd on the Twitter. There we go. Uh, I've got just a minute or two. I wanted to talk about this establishment thing and the the good old boy deal that I see. Not necessarily Betsy, but I've seen it a lot around around Facebook the last couple of weeks in our community. And it's really not the good old boy network that I see. I think it's really the people that show up and continue to show up and get involved. Um, you know, I've I'm a fan of the West Wing, and they, you know, one of the things they talked about there is it's the people that show up that actually get involved and, and stick with, and they're the ones that make the decisions. Um, that's how you get appointed to boards. That's how you end up being an influencer. You know, I've got friends in, in the Libertarian Party, obviously, but I've also got very good friends in the Democrat and the Republican Party uh, in this community. And by the way, there are people in all of those parties that are on our Patreon support list as well, uh, and we thank them for that. Um, it. it doesn't have to be complicated uh if you show up you pay attention and you're credible and you're reasonable people are going to listen to you and they're going to value your opinion uh and i know if the wind issue got you involved or this doughboy thing got you involved i'm glad you're here and i'm glad you care or if it's the zoning stuff with the in you know the 300 north county of 300 south project stay involved stay in stay interested there's uh there's opportunities still to get on the ballot you know there are races where there's still nobody running um Go talk to the county chairman, talk to Dakota, talk to uh, the Republican or the Democrat county chair. They can get you on the ballot after after the primary is over. Just because the primary is done doesn't mean the, mean the fields are set. People need to interview for their jobs uh, in this election. Right now, there's still an awful lot of races. Uh, you know, the county council race in District 4 right now, whoever the Republican is, is looking at a clean slate into the fall. There's nobody else running in that race. There's no Democrat or Libertarian running in the Northern District. So whether it's uh, Mr. Tarantino or Mr. Baker that's going to be on that ballot, there needs to be somebody in that race to hold them accountable and have them to sharpen that blade going into the uh, going into the fall. So all of those races need to be challenged. Last time uh, we had this election four years ago, uh, there were three libertarians that challenged the incumbent Republicans and Darren Jacobs and Nate Lamar ran in the fourth district race. They all need to be contested because the races are important. Nobody should uh, nobody should get a fair shot or a, a, not an unfair shot, but a, a clean shot into uh, into the general election. 
Uh, it shouldn't work that way. So uh, run for office. You know, and if you're not running for this one, look at the city election next year. Uh, we've got three years in a row of elections, and this is the time you actually have to you actually get to have influence. So that's my uh, that's my little preachiness. It's not the uh, good old boy network as it is the people that show up. Um, and pay attention after your issue is done and over. Stay involved. I got involved over a park board controversy when the Saddle Club was getting a lease, and there was three different groups involved, 4-H, Saddle Club, and Park Board. That kind of got me involved in county government about three, four years ago, and I've not left. I've paid attention to the issues, and I'm weighed in. I've continued to weigh in on them. Uh, I'm excited Betsy's here, and I'm glad she's uh, a part of the the campaign and the conversation. No matter what happens, I'm glad glad she's here and is going to stay involved. So we'll see you guys next week. Ed Tarantino, a week from today. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.